Hi, welcome to Agora Community Radio, the podcast for artists in the animation industry who want to listen and learn on the go. This episode is from our A Conversation With series, where we invite pros from all walks of our industry to have a chat with us about their background and experiences, and then we finish it off with a little Q&A from the audience. You can always head on over to our website, agora.community, to watch the full video, or if you just want to listen to what we think are the most interesting bits and pieces of these conversations, you can listen to the Agora Bytes clips on this channel. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Hello, community. Hello, Agora community. How are you all doing today? We have uh, another uh, conversation with conversation today um as you are probably used to that happens kind of every week these days um we're trying to do that we're trying to have any you know new content just about every week uh just kind of keep things interesting um but uh today we actually have someone who it's from my old stomping ground actually i i think that's the only reason he actually got roped into doing this because i just used the whole uh you remember me card um but troy and i we haven't uh, actually been able to we haven't really seen each other very much for a long time um last time i think i saw him was at ctn um where he was uh, i think doing uh, some talks um i think at that, that he was at a he was at i think a sony booth at that point i think um and um but anyways yeah it was uh, it's really awesome because he's been very busy lately which we're going to find out very soon and it's really great to have him on here because um you know it, it's a good example of animator animators crossing over into directorship and i'm not talking about directing uh animation i'm talking about directing films um it doesn't happen often it does from time to time i mean i mean even um tim burton actually is really a good example of that someone who started off in animation but then eventually worked his way through up into directing his own animated films and then actually started directing his own live action films. so who knows what's next for troy um so we're gonna have him on today before i do that though i'm gonna bring in obviously um my um my esteemed co-guest my co-host i mean here's david hubert obviously obviously yeah. <laughs> obviously why yeah, why, why, why would you myself. forget right i wouldn't <laughs> know what i was doing forget? yeah so um welcome uh back david to the conversation with i know this is sort of like our little solace in the middle of a, of a work week yeah that's our little break that we can yeah you know relax and have fun with our guests for an hour and a half and then yeah. go back into the insanity of our uh daily uh, daily life uh yeah that's that's going to be a, a fun one we have someone who climbed the entire animation industry ladder from you know animation to storyboard artist to head of story and then directing an animated feature so it's you know m most of those conversation uh, i would be stoked to have them even if they were not streamed not recorded yeah. and let's say hey what about you can discuss with this guy for an hour yeah, yeah. this week i was like yeah man let's do it yeah it'll be fun so yeah we're gonna pick his brain and try to figure out how to do it so that we can all do it because i'm sure it's really easy once you know how that path is i'm sure it doesn't have any kind of pitfalls or any kind of like bladed pendulums there's nothing like that it's totally straight path just keep your eye on the prize let's a let's new, find out let's a, ask him a new generation of director will people in today <laughs> absolutely I, I oh for sure that's what's that's that's you just have to show up to a stream and then figure it all out no pressure mr, mr. troy queen how are you good well, it definitely doesn't uh it's not reliant on talent okay okay so that's the card you're gonna play it's gonna be the humble card that's it's, fine it's what I, where I thought you were headed it's where I yeah i'm just saying good to see so, you again 
Yeah, it's good. It's good to have you on the show. It's really cool. I mean, like, as I was saying, old stomping grounds was Toronto. Yes. Um, so obviously you were kind of part of that little, that little group. I think, um, I don't remember exactly where I met you first, but I know it was, I, I think, I feel like I met your wife first, Victoria. Cause yeah, I think, yeah, I think it, it was, yeah, no, cause it's funny. We were talking about that. Just, I'm like, wow, it just feels like you've always been there. <laughs> Thanks, man. That feels good. I don't know if that's good. It's like a stain on a shirt kind of been there it's always. Kind of, or like, yeah, and yeah, it just oh, there's that. There it is. Can't get some things you just can't wash out. They just don't. They don't get out. They don't come out in the wash. That's the problem. Yeah, I don't. Yes, yes. It's been a long, but it has been a long time. Regardless, it has. It really has. Yeah. So Victoria was um um at that time she was a like one of the most. I remember. I remember. I remember hearing stories, legendary stories, actually, her of her coming in because I was working for Canuck Creations. I mean, how Canadian oh, right, can you yeah, get? Yeah, that was yeah. the, the name of the company. Yeah, was, that's uh, right. You would have met on. She was there for Space Jam. So exactly, I, I wasn't not, there not, for Space. Not this Space Jam, the first, the, the previous Jam. one, exactly. But I yeah. think I just missed her for that. She came in to do something else briefly. Yeah. Uh, but I remember it was actually. Um, uh, it was actually Steve Lyons uh, who who was like, oh my god, like he was he was talking praising because you guys all worked at Fox at one uh, point, didn't you? Yeah, together, she we worked at Fox and then we worked at um, Phoenix Animation. That's right, uh, Phoenix in Toronto. Yeah, oh, man, that so that's where we met Steve. Steve had come back from Fox, and so we met him there. And then there you go. Yeah. So Small yeah, and that would have been the first place. Yeah. So you've done a few things since, obviously. I mean, maybe we can start by kind of giving us like, and it's always crazy because we always have these guests on the show that have had like quite the colorful past so it's difficult yeah. to compress it but maybe give us the kind of the highlights of like where you kind of started and i mean like and then kind of how you somehow managed to be where you are now which just um, seems like an impossible climb yeah no it's um i was i was born in the small town of scarborough <laughs> scarborough uh, grew up on the mean streets of brampton oh, man. still got uh, the scars i'm sure Brute. yeah uh and then um ended up going to sheridan college Yep. as um most people uh and at least at least of of that era yeah in canada did then there wasn't a lot of options like today which is incredible yeah no um, kidding yeah so uh, yeah started at sheridan and then like i said my first job was was a phoenix animation working on uh, some commercials and some christmas specials there's always seems to be a christmas special being animated somewhere yeah in toronto true. um yeah and so, this is 2D, of course. Like this, this is like this, this is, is mid '90s, early '90s. Oh, yeah, this Sorry, is I didn't uh, mean to do that to you. paper. Thank you for that. Thank You're you for welcome. Old. This, is, this is analog. Yeah. This is this is uh, doing your pencil tests in school on film. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, waiting three days only to realize you forgot to to open the with the shutter and you had to reshoot it all. So yeah, these are these are the olden the olden days. Definitely. Just do yourself a favor. Don't look at chat because Petter's there. He's he's there to make us feel old and tell us that he was even born when we were talking when we were learning how to animate. Thank you, Petter. Thank you. That's very nice. Can you, to, can you not like yeah. block? Is there not some? I'm gonna of, try. Like, yeah, I I keep trying to kick him out and ban him from. <laughs> but he keeps coming back. I don't know what's going on, but he's uh, he's from. I try. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I started back in the the 2D days. That was um, the, the goal was always like I just wanted to be an animator. And uh, my first. Sort of step towards that was was Canuck Creations. I, I in between I think three scenes on on the original Space Jam, which which was which was pretty spectacular. I and it was Chuck Gamage was the animation director back there, was he not? Yeah, he was. He, he had a commercial. He he had his own studio. He had a commercial house. So yeah, yeah. space. The original Space Jam was one of those projects that went everywhere. I it sure did. It was a lot of different <laughs> places, like a million different studios. Um, but yeah, so I, I mean, I started in in two D and worked for. Uh, Disney animation at one point opened some 
back in the days of the direct video market had had some studios up there and yeah that you know what that is weird to think that like i i, I remember just i because when I was going over your history in my head yeah. and I thought, Oh my God, Troy was like one of the, one of the, like the few select people who got to work at Disney Toronto and it, that didn't last long. It was there. And then it was like gone. It was like yeah, what, we three were, or four years, three years. Yeah. Just, just over three, it was three years. I was there three years. And then I left in about eight months, nine months after that, I think it ended up closing out. Yeah. There was, it was us. It, there was Vancouver, the yeah. Australia, Japan. There was that. Sort and it of was a big group. deal. Like it was like you have to remember, like the thing that people don't understand would be like unless unless you were living through this era, but anim two D animation was on fire. It was like they were setting up studios everywhere, and then there was this little kind of pesky new little medium that was coming up through the ranks. You know, Toy Story was just coming out around then. It was like there wasn't a lot of precedent yeah. yet. Yeah, but it was like. It was crazy. I mean, it was, and it was exciting. I mean, there was Disney. Right. I mean, this yeah. was this was back in the days when like a Disney movie came out every two. It was a, it was an yes. event, right? Yes. So, and you had to, if you wanted to work on it, you pretty much had to be down in California. There was no other way of doing it. So, I mean, um, for me, I, I mean, for me, it was. I grew up always just. I mean, it was one of those kids who who went to the the theater on a Saturday morning and then bought a ticket and then theater hopped like all day until you know someone actually caught on grabbed me and threw me out. So for me, it was always that idea of that theatrical experience and, and, yeah. um, and Disney, I mean, that was, they were always the pinnacle of what that, yeah. what the, yes. Yeah. So when they came to town, it was a, it was a big deal for Toronto. It was, um, which was always kind of um, a service back then, a very service minded uh, industry and, and sort of Disney coming in, you kind of felt like, Oh, maybe this is, this is a, you know, something different. And, and, uh, but it was, yeah, it was, it was great. It gave me, it, it moved me from, I got hired because I had in between a little bit on Space Jam. Yeah. Um, I got hired there to, to in between key cleanup, but, um, but before I, I don't think I actually cleaned up a scene. Um, they were, they, we were starting on Beauty and the Beast Enchanted Christmas and there were, yeah. it was actually having trouble finding people who could draw Belle. She was a really <laughs> tricky character at one point just, and I got in there early and said, do you, you think you can draw Belle? I'm like, I don't know, give her a try. And, yeah. and, um, this is great here. Now you're animating. And uh, that's it. Yeah. It was, it was, um, that's profound though. I mean, people are going to have a hard time putting that in perspective because the, the ladder back then in 2d was truly like in between was usually that was that you were a grunt. You were learning how to do it. And what was beautiful about that is you were learning directly from using even the drawings of your of your animator like the animator that you're assigned to 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 do the in-betweens so you're learning like through osmosis just by like working mm. with the drawings it was pretty cool uh, 3d's had a hard time of replicating that kind of level of like on the job training you know 3d but, like it's different in the sense because i mean in, the in-betweener the clip that, that's your graph editor in a lot of or you're, yeah, you're yeah. like oh, there's yeah. a lot of things where that that's the 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 um the computer is sort of generating a lot of that. I mean, you, of course, you can go back and control that. But yeah. as as I got into animating, you you realize that that in betweening, that cleanups, it, that it was it was such a specific skill set and art form yeah. in of itself. Absolutely, because I remember in you know in school you go, oh, it's just the step I need to get to until I get to this. Um, yeah. But then you know, as you become an animator and you you start seeing your scenes go through different departments, different in between, yeah. different. You start going, oh man, I want that person. That that that, that you there's a real yeah. craft. And totally artistry to um to these things that you kind of you may have made your mind up as to as to what you thought of it and uh yeah. and you come to realize really quickly that um that everyone brings brings their piece to oh to yeah for sure like of what we do i mean 
I, I agree. I agree. There's some people who would just stay as like, 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 yeah. like senior level in betweeners because it like that they needed good in betweeners. In betweeners were like that. They were like the workhorses of the entire industry. Without it, we'd only deal with like a slideshow, right? Yeah. But yeah. the thing is, it, it, what I want to just what I wanted to stress is it's pretty profound because usually the way it works is you go if you wanted to move up to the anim, like animation ranks. If that was the path you were on, it, you usually started in betweening. Then you did like assistant animation work, and then you would do animator work, and then you do maybe like lead or supervising animator work but it was usually those are the rungs you would climb so you kind of jumped a whole, uh, whole yeah, step, yeah. step there you right place right time i guess it, you know i i as i look back on um on a career it's it's a couple things and and one of them is you know right place right time but i mean i i'm one of those people i mean i, I believe in luck but i i believe we we make a lot of our oh luck. for sure it's, we do for sure it's opportunity meets preparedness it's yeah. it's it's someone saying, uh, "Can you draw a bell?" Sure, and then going, "Yeah, okay, exactly." I guess we're going to draw a bell, right? Yeah. So I, I tend to put myself in a lot of stressful situations that way. Just you know, opportunity, like yes, yeah. I'm going to give that, and then and then and then trying to run with it. And I mean, that really this is unsurprising considering where you've where, where you've gotten to now. So, but like it's painting a picture. I get it. Yeah, Risk yeah, taker. But it really is sort of having your eyes open, being aware. I mean, it's it's how I ended up eventually ending up. Um, you know, getting moving, rolling from from two D into three. That's probably one of the most been one of the most confusing and and stressful <laughs> about well, sure. the journey through two D. Oh, yeah. Used to be traditional animation, which was hand drawn, and three D was CG animation. But now, CG animation is two D because three D is stereo, right? And so mm. you get all these terms that you start, it's it's for for. Uh, a classicist like myself, like an old, <laughs> an old traditional guy. It's hard to track. Well, it's interesting because this was an interesting time because in, in Toronto, around that time that Disney did shut down, and it, a lot of that was due to there was a lot of regrouping and 3D came in like it, in a, like a tidal wave. And what was weird is, was people were un, unprepared. I'll never yeah. forget that people that were like, because you left before Disney shut down, but a lot of people well, didn't. They, 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 got, they lost their job because Disney shut down. Yeah. And I remember the panic. I remember yeah. the panic that a lot of people were like, what now what? Because there's no other jobs in town. I mean, I might I moved from Vancouver to work at Disney Canada here or who knows what. But the it point was it was is that people, traditionalists that were just had animated their, their entire lives by hand were suddenly realizing they are going to need to pick up this whole completely different skill set. It was and, definitely uh, pick up. It, it hadn't quite, when Disney closed on it, it wasn't, we hadn't quite done that flip over but you could see it coming. You could yeah, feel that's it. Like it, you feel it coming. Feels so, like it happened yeah, overnight. Yeah, I, left Disney, I left Disney to go work. Um, like I said, I always wanted to make. I was. I, I loved to get lost in a theater and that whole experience. And mm. um, we were doing direct to video, which was great. And I was working on classic characters, which was fantastic. But to the point of being, you know, um, cleanup and and in between being a true skill set and art form to itself. Um, Claude Chasson, a real a good friend of mine, who uh, ran Yao's animation. Um, where Vittoria was was working, they were doing a bunch of cleanup on CD-ROM stuff. All of a sudden, you know, studios like Fox, yep. uh, back when they were doing 2D before they went to Blue Sky. Yeah, um, Anastasia days. Anastasia was a thing, exactly. We're needing cleanup artists, right? They needed, like, talented, artistic. Mm -hmm. So they they ended up taking a lot of cleanup work. And and with that, they said, well, you know, do you, do you want a couple scenes of animation? And Claude's brother, Roger, who's a phenomenal animator, um, oh, came yeah. out direct the animation and it opened a door to saying like hey do you want to come over and, and animate a couple scenes on the on this feature film and I'm, that <laughs> was no so why would you want to do something like that 
that's where I rolled over and I ended up working a lot of, um, a lot of features with, you know, I was there six, seven years. I was yeah. just, it was a, it was, it was a heyday of just great animation, getting to work on features. Oh um, yeah. Having a lot of fun. And then, like you said, I remember going to the theater one day and, and sitting there watching this movie called Toy Story and going, oh. <laughs> uh Oh, <laughs> there's a new kid yeah. in town. I just, you felt a seismic shift. You felt, yeah. you felt the winds suddenly change direction. You go, this, this is the, they're now capable of doing things in this in this medium that uh, that maybe they couldn't before and and it's been the ride ever since right it's mm. uh, it's amazing to see just how the technology has progressed and um, and the quality that just keeps exponentially growing because of the tools improving and improving. Yeah, so you actually did uh, uh, do CG animation uh, yourself as well. I did, yeah. How, I, uh, how how was the transition from two D <laughs> to three D? Because I've seen, I've had the opportunity to see many that that transition that they achieved it, but there's yeah. other that it was a a total disaster <laughs> yeah. for them, and they were like, "I I don't, my brain does not process it. Why yeah. am I not able to do this?" Yeah, yeah. it 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 was um, it was an interesting. So I yeah, I I've been doing feature animation traditionally for a while, and. Uh, and this, it was core. Um, they mm -hmm. had this, this uh, again, oh, another Disney movie. The, for the Disney, wild? Did you do was it the that? wild? It was oh. the wild. The one, the one project I've animated on in CG was the wild. And that's um, funny. And I didn't know you worked on that. I did. And they, you know, they, they brought me on based on my 2D reel, which is great. And they said, but you, you know, you know how to, to use computers, right? And I'm like, of course I do. <laughs> like, I can get my email. Yeah, <laughs> come on. And, and doesn't anybody and, know how yeah, to? And then I sat down and realized that we were all animating oh. on the next boxes. And I'm like, I oh, can't. yeah. I can't get my email. So oh, yeah. again, it's it's it's, it's, it's the one of, of like a, saying yes, uh, I can, and then getting myself yeah. in uh, into waters way deeper than I anticipated. Figure it out. Figure it out. Wow. So um, so that was that was an interesting. It was a, it was a fantastic yeah. experience um, because I'd been resistant. I mean, I I was I was a guy who, I mean, I'm a I'm a I'm a decent artist. I can I can draw right. It's it's what I've done for a living. It's what I did as an animator. It's what gave me a leg up as an animator. I could. Absolutely. So draw a character emoting in motion from different angles, and maybe you know this next person who who was a great had great performance talent and ideas, but didn't have had, didn't have the the artistic skill set. Well, computer animation became the, the great equalizer, right? That that took it took a lot of that aspect away, right? So it's true. Specific skill sets didn't matter as much as others anymore. Mm. Um, so we on the wild I, I believe we were character animating Houdini yes um, you were it was Houdini which, uh, which most people I, I remember so this to your question this is where my advantage came in because I, it didn't no matter <laughs> everyone sucked at that everybody, everybody was so frustrated I'm like I don't understand this it seems fine because I, I had yeah. zero, uh, zero anything I couldn't compare it to anything else um, and and two things happened one um, I did miss I did miss the tactile aesthetic of, of, of being able to draw of, of, of that. But I was amazed, I was amazed at the power of the tool of, of what you could get out of performance. Like there's mm -hmm. things, um, there's scenes I could animate that I would never have attempted exactly in 2D because it, there's nuance and subtlety that would just be, the, it would just be impossible because you're talking about a line, a pencil line thickness exactly, of difference that exactly. makes you, your heart break. Yeah. That, that, would just 
you know, I, you couldn't control Intuity because yeah, the yeah. line was all, all over the place. So, um, well, let's all, let's also admit that, like, even 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 as a, a with being a talented draftsman as you were at that time, <laughs> there are still things that were difficult to draw, and it right. would shape what you would animate because if you couldn't draw it from that angle, you probably wouldn't. You probably wouldn't try to spend the night kind of making that work because you, you might not be able to make it work. So you, you, you just approach it differently. Game. You definitely yeah. approach it differently. And the other big difference is, um, I mean, listen, if someone as a 2D animator said, you've got to animate this army of knights in armor you know, running over a hill, you you would you would fall to your knees and just sob, right? Oh, yeah, There's sure. some gear, like, yeah, no problem. How many knights do you want? They're all in hard armor. But I could animate a character swinging around in a cape with long hair and not blink an eye, but that you know will bring any CG specialist. Like, does it have to be long hair? Does it have to be on tape? So you you realize that you're just good. and again the, as the technology grows, those those gulfs you know yes. narrow, but um, you can definitely see where the where the differences uh, lay. But I did I enjoyed I enjoyed animating on the wall. I, I really did. Um, it was great to get to appreciate a different different way of approaching animation because yeah, yeah you. You didn't want to just set a bunch of hard keys and and then you realized like you just built yourself a world of pain as you're trying to adjust things and then this mm. would look up and suddenly an arm would flip over here and yeah. you know you've got an errant key somewhere and you couldn't find it but it's it's kind of how my brain to your point was wired like mm. you do a key you, all the information's there and you move on to the next yeah. key, and then you go yeah. back so yeah. it definitely took some um some 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 rewiring of the brain but i think there was and is an advantage to people who know the necessary tricks for 2d because mm -hmm. you know you have to picture the target in your head before you can actuate it like i had to have an idea of what i wanted to draw when i was 2d animating before yeah. i bring that and sometimes i mean not with all animators but a lot of times and sometimes in cg you'll find people like i'll find it i'll find it and i'll push yeah. it and you get a, a, a sort of a f muddy floaty mm -hmm. so there was a there was definitely some advantage to say like i know what yeah. the target I want. I know. Plan I know next how to cheat past reality to to yeah. make it feel real, um, mm. as we're sort of nudging. And, and again, I think again that's changed. I think there's been a lot more. Um, you know, the the, the the quality and CG and animation and, and the techniques taught. I mean, it's just it just keeps growing, and, and the quality oh, yeah. is incredible now. Yeah, it's funny. I, I really like the, the the way you said it was a great equalizer because I never thought of it like that. Because it's true. Like it didn't matter if you could draw or not. It what, what mattered was do you understand performance? Do you understand character? Do you yeah. understand timing? Do you understand weight? Do you understand the things that are the most important? Typically, yeah. Um, it just but you know as an animator, like you said, you had an advantage because at least you had been training all many years doing it with a pencil. But at least, yeah. but you knew those things. You just had to figure out how to apply those things to a new a new pencil kind yeah. of right. Exactly. I would say definitely gave an advantage in terms of appeal, an, uh, anatomy, uh, great posing, uh, and all that. So de definitely a big advantage for those. But those were like three of the 20 or 30 things that you needed to, <laughs> yeah. to master to be a good CG mm -hmm. uh, uh, animator. There's something that you mentioned, Brent, that was super interesting is that, you know, it's true that 2D animators used to learn by starting by being in-betweeners. So you basically take hopefully like, I don't know, you're the in-betweener of James Baxter, so you can learn on the job to see how mm -hmm. it, it's it 
it's very funny how this uh, it's very rare in studio that the same will apply in cg that you I have know. junior that will actually do the polishing I and i mean the main reason i've heard is that you know everyone yeah. wants to own their work so you know if senior animators yeah, don't sure. polish their work it's not completely their own and if uh, i completely understand that but the value of this process I would know. be amazing if we were it is to, um uh, it really is and and you brought james baxter who uh <clears throat> is in my opinion, <laughs> the, the pinnacle of of what uh i was so lucky to get to work with one enchanted um oh yeah, yeah it was he was the lead I mean, his his studio who did all the 2d in our in our film and yeah I'll, I'll never to this day forget uh one day when he happened to be on the disney lot where i was working um and he brought in he was doing a, a testing he just came in and he was having other meetings so he was just animating at the decks the desk behind me and i was just the whole day i was just <laughs> <laughs> and, it was, it was, and it was the most amazing thing to watch. I've never seen anything before. Yeah. He's next level, like this guy. The drawing was already in the paper, and he just was. Yeah, Milk Cole was it. like this apparently too. Like yeah. he saw the drawing apparently, and he just filled it in, as opposed to most of us have to almost find it a little bit. Like we're sculpted. Over, it's, over. it's crazy, yeah. but it, it, his brain is just operating on another level. I'm pretty sure. sure one of the shot. I I hope it's James Baxter, really, but I have one shot in mind. I think it's in Beauty and the Beast that they're dancing. There's the and you have the camera that kind of do. Uh, so you have the camera that is oh, moving. Yeah. You have the characters that yeah. are moving. You have the yes. secondary motion, and you're like. And yeah. I, I had a, a chance to to be kind of close by with him at DreamWorks. And at some point, he was just animating. I think it was for Kung Fu Panda 2 mm -hmm. or something like that, 2D animating, just a, a flag that was waving. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you have to tell me how you figure it out. Like, oh, it's easy. You just have to oh, yeah. picture what the different mass of wind of air around are interacting <laughs> with each other and how yeah, they're yeah. affecting the fabric. And then you just follow this. I was it's like, basic math, yeah. David. Your... Well, it was no, it, but this, the shot he was animating when I was sitting with him that day was it was a test shot of um, Giselle. It may be on, online somewhere, but it was just her running through the woods, turning and spinning, and her hair turning and spinning. But we were animating like in two D, like you really think of this sort of overall style of what the film is, and um, and it was based off the art um, of Alphonse Mucha, and so it's it's that very Art Deco where you know he's animating the. The mechanics of a human being running, dancing, very, very wonderfully moving around. Plus, at the same time, anticipating all the flow of cloth at different weights because her belt is a slightly different weight of the cloth and the dress. And then her hair turning and knowing how to shape the negative spaces in the hair. to And you know, I just feel the circuits in my brain like melting down as I was watching it's, it. And just, it's it's crazy. It I'm not saying that this is easy to do in CG, but in CG, you could say, okay, I'm going to animate the motion of the body. Okay, that's yeah. done. Now I'm going to animate the secondary motion of this part, and then this part, and this part, and you just add on top. Yeah. In 2D, you have to have all this process in your brain because every drawing is taking for, you know, what happens before and after, and that's the perfect exactly. drawing. It's, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, you, huge respect for all those that, are masters of this uh, uh, traditional animation. It's yeah. it's amazing. Well, I feel like Straight Ahead was. I mean, when I animated in two D, I really was more comfortable with Straight Ahead for that reason because my brain could think about all the things as it flowed forward. Yeah. I, where I where I found people were blowing my mind is where they had a really good workflow for like a, like a kind of a hybrid where it's like a you know they would pose a pose it out, which made a lot more sense because you could control the the overall staging a lot better that way and the timing, make sure you're hitting your marks. 
Um, yeah. And then, but they, but there were parts that they would then intentionally just block in lightly with the intention of going back again, almost like a straight ahead pass to fill in the secondary, not unlike what we would probably do in 3d, but like, it was, but it's still a lot more planning and kind of, it's like playing chess. You're thinking four or five steps ahead because you had to, you know, because you're erasing shit if you don't. And then that's, kinda, <laughs> that's the thing. Like undo is a little easier to, to manage than like wearing the, the racer to, to, you know, to the, yeah. you know, the, the bare bone. A really quick fun fact too, just for funsies and for the history buffs out there. At that time, this, this, the wild production that uh, Troy's talking about over at core, uh, what was, it was, was core, Di was it core digital or was core something else? It was core digital, but I think this was like, they opened like a core feature. I mean, like, they, yeah, they, I can't remember what they had a name for it. I, I just can't remember. Separate, yeah. Separate, yeah. So this it was, was in Toronto. Was company that they tried that they were opening up. Exactly. Yeah. But an interesting parallel there, Stephen, of aka Spaz Williams, was the director who actually yeah. also a Sheridan graduate, got yeah. to ILM um, like a way ahead of the curve as a, as a 3D animator. He worked on things like the you know Terminator 2, um, very like pioneer, like revolutionary in the industry. Um, one of Sheridan's you know you know prize sort of uh, alumni. Yeah. Uh, he well, he actually was the director on that film the wild i believe right he came he back was, to toronto yeah, intentionally yeah. and uh you're absolutely he's he's the guy who brought T2, I mean, but the, the new terminator to life i mean yeah. he's the reason the dinosaurs of jurassic park 100 oh that's right yeah totally. like that was, that's he was, all... he was the guy leading the charge and all of yeah. that stuff. yeah so, yeah yeah definitely absolutely. So it's, it was interesting. I think that was one of his first like directorial debuts. Um, like as far as being, yeah. And done, I think he'd done right. Spawn at that point too. Yeah, uh, that's right, this, Spawn. Yeah, and so this, but this was like I think um, like his full feature length CG. Yeah, like full animation. There you go. Um, yeah, and yes, Houdini. I know that blows people's minds. Anyone who's ever used Houdini before, uh, and it's 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 interesting to note that the, after that production, Houdini not did not try to push their character tools ever again. They're just like, you know what? Um, I think we have a pretty comfortable niche over here with our procedural VFX stuff. We're yeah. really good at that. We're just gonna, you know, it's just the problem is it's just the way it was built from the ground up. It just didn't really facilitate. Um, like it just wasn't meant for that. What it wasn't wasn't. Yeah people were thinking about that when they developed the, the software like the one of the one of the co-owner or co-founders of houdini uh effects back then i think that they i don't think they're it's like greg hermanovich i think was his name um he uh, no longer part of side effects software anymore i don't think but he was really into um uh real time way ahead of the curve here real time 3d effects for for uh, djs and for musical um, uh, sort of things so chops and things like this these procedural taking an audio to like drive the the uh, the actual animations in real time was right. sort of like that's that's the kind of thinking that was that was that gave birth to houdini so it doesn't it makes sense that they kind of went more the vfx route yeah, yeah. okay so mm -hmm. you did this and then and then what happens um well it's funny in that same production um it there they they uh we got halfway through and they you know they decided they needed some some story work mm. and ah. they'd already released their entire oh, story started? their own story crew and and ah. i so it, it really it, it um <laughs> so it came down one day i got called in by the producer and he's like listen you seem very opinionated like it, <laughs> Uh, is that for real how he started the conversation that's amazing I, I may be paraphrasing but it basically came down and and he's not wrong i i um <laughs> i spent oh, a lot man. of my box sessions going but i know we're animating this but in this last sequence we animated yeah, yeah. You know, just, i'm not really understanding what yeah, yeah. again i didn't i had real because i mean going to Sheridan. i mean and, and the goal had always been i want to be an animator i want to mm. make them 
singing. I, 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 story, the story at Sheridan when I went um, really was just the thing you had to do to get the layout done. Yeah. So you could get animating, like it was, True. it was the thing you just had to get through to get to where you needed to get yeah. to. It wasn't. Mark Simon the, is somewhere crying oh, right now hearing you say this, but it's true. I, I, but it was the truth. It just it, yeah. it just was. Um, and I think I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that like Toronto was very much a we will get the the work done for you mm -hmm. uh, industry. And yeah, we're so far away from the major studios, which is where the the storytelling, the creative. So I think I think it was just by nature of back in those days, just yeah, geography yeah. as much yeah. as anything else. Um, other than TV production, which you know was was a different sort of thing, but so it, it was uh, very much okay. You seem to have a lot of opinions on where you you know questions and ideas, and uh, you're one of the people in the studio who can hold a pencil. Uh, you can draw, <laughs> right? So it's like you're hired. To, basically, time to put your money where your you know. Yeah, exactly. There and, goes uh, Spielberg. Fix the problems. Yeah. Stop bitching so, about it. So I ended up rolling into um, into the story department. Uh, okay. Story department. Um, Kevin Lima, <clears throat> who had directed um the eloise movies tarzan mm -hmm. uh, had come on to sort of help to sort of help brainstorm the sort mm -hmm. of story fixes and uh i ended up working really closely with him on that oh that's cool. and that's that's really how i rolled into story which was just like that like okay i'll do it he's like fine yeah i can do this <laughs> and uh again having no idea just back in the deep end going wait why does the water keep getting so high every single time i open my mouth <laughs> but but you know you you it's you sink or you swim right there was yep. so i remember um i'm like storyboarding it's it's like you draw i read oh, yeah and, you know I, I did this in school years i mean i could draw this is easy and um so i remember doing my little panels like i saw in the art of books because <laughs> I again. This is this is back in the day when that's that was your your, your sort of window reference. into these yeah. these mystical departments that we didn't really necessarily have in the production yeah. that we worked on. So I, I remember boarding it, and then you're supposed to pin it all up on a board because I saw that on the end of a VHS cassette of something. And I remember standing there next to Kevin. My first scene, I was super proud of it. I'm like, oh no, there it is. And um. And and thus proceeded the worst story pitch ever in the history. <laughs> he just looked at me, he's like, okay. And I'm looking at him. <laughs> okay. And he's like, he, he's like, you gonna pitch it? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what is a, I had no idea what a story pitch was because as an animator, right? You you do your animation, you, yeah. you do the test, you press that play, and, pitch. Looks at, and it, it you, you see what you need or you don't see what you need, right? Yeah. It works great. So it's yeah, waiting for him to respond to uh, you know the 175 panels I'd done, and <laughs> he's just going like, "Where, where's the show, man?" Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I, nice drawing. I paid, I paid for you know, I paid for the show, and so yeah. um, it it was some version of like, uh, "This is a this is a lion," <laughs> and uh, <laughs> oh, he's man. standing next to the the, the little lion, um, and then they walk over. It was it it, uh, it was a steep learning curve very quickly as oh, I really man. Uh, I would well, be a lot of money to have that of my, of my career. But what I wish was, that was the, recorded that meeting? Sorry, what was the reaction at the end of that pitch from from the room in general? <laughs> walked away. <laughs> <laughs> there are no words. Kevin, uh, Kevin, Kevin is mm. one of my favorite people in the world. Uh, he's one of my dearest friends, and uh, I give him credit for so much of of my career trajectory. And uh, the biggest bit of uh, thanks I give him is not firing me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> so uh you sort of you walk away he's like, all right come in we're going to talk about how you how, you know what a pitch is and mm -hmm. uh and I, it came i came to realize 
the you know that's what story is like story is is you're you're having to visualize you have to sell this, mm -hmm. this you're a salesperson right absolutely you're, this is why this is, idea is great this is why this idea needs to live in the movie because as you get deeper in the story you realize your job is to fail as often and frequently as possible which seems so antithetical to everything we want to do as mm -hmm. as artists right you want to do great art and something that's going to last and something that's going to make it um and in the story department is really the process of the the million other ways you shouldn't do it so that you know the way that you you should do it um and you know so it was really learning you know as a as a story artist you're you're a little bit of director you're a little bit of editor you're a little bit of animator it's it's your 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 you're teasing out the pacing, right? You're as you start pitching, you're getting quiet. You know, you're bringing people in, and boom! You know, you're you're trying to sell the moment as it will play in the movie. And um, so, you know, I just you start to learn these things, and I, mm -hmm. I it was really just learning quick and on the job. And um, it was an incredible boot camp of of figuring these things out. I I had a I think I had a just a, a natural or a general understanding of what I wanted, mm -hmm. and I would. Have an instinct is like i want to cut to a two shot here and then i think it'd be really great to go and kevin was always like but why yeah but, like i i agree i don't disagree but i want to know why you thought that because until you know why you've done that why mm. you made that choice it's great that you know instinctually you you kind of felt like it was the right way to go but if you don't know why you don't understand the tool that you have in your tool belt and you mm. don't know how to use it again you don't know yeah. why you're using it or why exactly. you're or when you are yeah. and that really you start to realize that that's that's kind of what we all get to do in this sort of commercial art that we do right it's it's business and there's a, a purpose we have to accomplish but at the same time you're bringing heart and creativity and and you're trying to balance you're always it's always the eternal struggle you're trying to balance those two things of of being creative of bringing your own thoughts and your own ideas to something but doing that to somebody else's uh, mm -hmm. somebody else's vision yeah. um so Troy, based on, on what you learned and based on your observation, what, what makes a good storyboard artist? Um, a good storyboard artist is someone who I is someone who that's a good question. <laughs> it's it's a combination of a couple things. It's draftsmanship is one thing for sure, but it's someone who can see all the aspects of what of what the storytelling is. Um, what are the, what are those who can visualize? Like I always say, when, I, when I'm talking to to to, to just like young story artists, I say, go go to an art gallery, right? Go to an art gallery and walk around because they have one story panel to tell a story, mm. right? And you can you can look at a painting and you can get so much out of one frame because what has happened is it's different. It's also been different since like when I started storyboarding, it was sharpie markers on a pad of paper, right? Mm. And you you had to nail what you're doing because if you didn't you had to redraw that sucker and you had to redraw the background or you, or you had to go to the photocopier, cut it out and then cut it out with an exact. And it was just, it was, it was very labor intensive. Right. So it was the same as I think the skill set I developed as a 2d animator versus CG is it was decision-making, right. It was being decisive, knowing what I was trying to communicate so that I could just get it down. And um, I'll look at a lot of portfolios now and I'll see a lot of these stars who come up in a digital era and I'll see a page of story art, and it looks like it's the same panel for 40 panels. And you realize it's, I'm getting all these tiny little in-betweens, but I'm not getting the big idea, mm -hmm. right? Like when I said, when we used to pin those up on boards, you used to be able to pin a sequence up on a board, stand back, and you could feel if a sequence was working because you could see, okay, there's a wide shot there into a close-up and then in the two shot. Oh, you could feel the energy of what the cutting pattern was at a, at a glance, right? 
And it was so that it was really a decided ability to keep a, a bigger picture in mind. So I think that's a huge thing um, that I look for in when I look at story artists, especially today with the digital tools that we all have is, is you can get really lost in some amazing, amazing artistic talent. Like, oh, these people can draw like crazy, which is important, mm -hmm. but it's, it's, do you, but can you grasp a big concept? Cause your job, yeah. your job isn't to, you know, get lost in the leaves or even look at the tree. Your job is to be able to see the forest, right? That's, they're, they're your extension of, as a director. So you want to, you know, you want to see that people can do that. And also like story artists, like animators um, have different skill sets. There's people with different strengths. There's some story artists who, who really um, lean into like, they're great at an action sequence. Yeah. Right? They understand where to put the camera to make them feel like an action camera, sequence. They know how to, to tone it and get the lighting just right and, and where to put your focus. And there's some people who are really good with, you know, getting just that, getting in touch with who the characters are and finding mm. really great, unique yeah. character moments where they're not just making every pose generic. And and like yeah, it's like, okay, yeah, that's the character, but they, they can find the nuance and track mm. who the characters are and just people have that skill set. So like animators, you're always building a team. I think if the story is a team, right? Who who can complement each other. Um, and and I, I I tend to think of my story room as a as a visual writer's room. So they're not just illustrators, not just people executing. They're they need the ability to like I said see the big picture because they're part of crafting what that yeah. that story is ultimately going to be and what those characters are going to who those yeah. characters are going to be. I often have. I, oh, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead, David. Uh, I was just going to to ask how, how did you handle the creative process because one of the thing working with storyboard artists. Very often, I was almost apolog uh, apologizing because you know it was a great storyboard sequence and it was a great pitch. And then we okay, that's good. And then we start to talk about it. We start to brainstorm. One idea is leading to another, and twenty minutes after, we all wake up and we have this amazing idea of how yeah. the sequence could be way better. It's not completely different, but it's just different enough that you have to completely redo everything. <laughs> just put it yeah. right in the garbage and start over again. Uh, uh, how how did you deal with that? <laughs> it's um honestly that is the torture of of the of this of the story department in a lot of ways because like i said your job is mm. is to to solve first of all a lot of times what the wrong way to do things are um mm. it's to say okay you've got this five pages of script but really there's only one page of anything pertinent here so you, you do the five pages only to have that called down and then the discussion happens and but it, it, the goal is in story is always to what is the best version of this of this project of this movie of the story we're telling and ultimately that that is the thing um but it's hard because you do you put your soul into it you, oh, you yeah. believe 100 percent of what you're doing because you have to um and then someone tells you like oh it's all because sometimes it's, uh, that just didn't work that's not right or sometimes it's it's not how i see it um, and then sometimes it's like, oh no, there's a better, yeah. there's a better version. And I'll find nine times out of 10, um, great story artists will pitch this thing, enthusiastically show it and everyone will go, okay, okay. And then the conversation, like, you know what, this might make it better. And the first person jumping in going, know what else we could change is probably that story artist, <laughs> right? It's, it's everybody yeah. going like, oh yeah. shit, because now what you've given me is a perspective. Yeah. It's, it's me as a director. It's just, it's no different. Like I, when I read a script or I'm working on writing something, um, I I'm the first person who gets to watch the movie. I'm, I I know the shots I want. I I know what I see, um, and if I made that movie, I'd be really I'd be happy with it because it's it's what I see. So as a story artist, you put that down. But what you want 
is is the group think of but i want something mm. better than just what i can yeah see. the yeah. only way i can get that is all the other experiences and yeah. all the other challenges i mean um you know that friction sharpens everything you know mm. it, it, and that includes story humor so you you're always looking for that that pushback i i i um my biggest fear as a director is is the you know the emperor has no clothes right mm -hmm. oh great idea this is fantastic if i'm hearing that too much then i'm like i get nervous yes yeah, totally yeah i don't yeah, want people not, not telling me the truth exactly you don't want people just saying yes because you know yeah you're, you're the person sitting in, in the yep. house you want yeah people being honest like i think we could do better you don't want to uh, hear it but you appreciate hearing it so um so yeah it's 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 hard and and there's really, and some people bounce back from it better than others, but it's just it's part of it's part of the journey. You have but, to kill a lot of your babies, in other and, words. As a and sometimes you kill a good one. Like sometimes yep. the ideas go down. Um, like I've cut sequences out that I love. I mean, some of my favorite scenes I've I've cut out of my own things, and it kills you. And you hold yeah. on usually way too long than you should. But sometimes <laughs> good the, ideas go because they don't fit into. Yeah, like the big picture anymore, right? Exactly. There's a lot of things. I, I still see movies like all the time where you can feel that that's what happened. It's like someone fell in love with this sequence yeah. and it has no friggin' business being in the movie anymore. But there it is. There yeah. it is. And someone probably like it, maybe it was maybe the director was a bit too much of an alpha and they weren't they weren't concerned about the I like, you know, they, people always say that a good idea needs to be able to survive critical analysis. You know what I mean? Like it has to. And if yeah. you are convinced that you've surrounded yourself with with talented people, you need to trust them. And so if you put if there, a lot of them are saying like, I don't know, boss, but like, I really, I'm just not, I'm not buying it. You know, yeah. that there, there's, there's obviously a disadvantage there on the team is a big kind of weird lopsidedness to it. Absolutely. So it's, it's cool that you've been able to find that balance. I'm sure it's not always uh, not always an easy one. Do you do you remember ever a time where you um, you you were convinced even to this day that the idea was was still the better one, but you feel like you failed because you didn't pitch it well enough? Did it die because of the bad pitch? Yeah, a million times. Um, that must that must sting. A million different. Yeah, you. I mean, or sometimes. Yeah, there's there's times when you go, oh, I didn't I didn't sell that right, or I should have taken. Sometimes you kick yourself because I should have taken that extra beat mm. just just to lock this down. I knew that I thought I <laughs> I thought I could just wing my way through that and 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 land it. And I, you know, and you have a bad day. Everyone has a bad day. Or, yeah, that's it. Or you just realize you get into it. And it's like oh, I should have thought this through a bit more because I got mm. a little lost. And then you realize, oh no 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 no, this whole other <laughs> great idea late. is going is going with that. Yeah. Um, sometimes you just go. I just think the person making the decisions has got it wrong. I mean mm. that happens. And sometimes. Sometimes the pressure comes in from from areas that are outside of just. I mean, it would be a perfect world if all the all the decisions were just what is the right creative decision. Oh yeah, wouldn't that be it's nice? Yeah. The creative team. There's the point. I think a lot of people don't realize. And my job for my crew is to insulate them from. As far as I know, if if it's not working, it's because I'm not getting it. Right. Yeah, and that's what exactly. I need. I need them to either follow me. And sometimes there's things that are beyond the scope of anybody's control that you just. You go okay. That's that's the new thing I got to make work. Mm, so yeah. there's, there's a million reasons why that stuff happens, um, and yeah, it, it happens. It, and that's the other thing that you start to realize about about story work. Sometimes you'll, and I'm guilty of it too, because I've managed to pull a few fast ones where you, you get in there and you pitch and you just you just pitch oh, oversell it. You just pitch the best story beat ever, and then you you know I'll I'll be I've been had people pitch me scenes. I'm like. This scene is brilliant. This is gonna be so good. This is gonna be the best. Scene. Then you get into edit, and you're like, "Wait, what? 
the heck? And you go back, you look, and it's like, these are all the same panels. What? A, and you just realize you, you, it's someone just sold you a bridge in Brooklyn. Like the pitch was so great that you were like, this is it. We've got it. And you realize, oh man, that was just what I bought was a great pitch. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the material was not up to snuff. Mm. Right? I mean, it's a compliment mm. to whoever's pitching it. Right? Sure. We, yeah. We've all, we've all done that. So That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, when directing it, often some of the impression that, that I had is that often you're not direct, directly in control of anything. You're often more directing the teams or the people that are actually doing the. So it's almost like feeling like you you're you know the conductor of the, uh, the, the of the Titanic rather than being able to do whatever you want or you're trying to craft something but with boxing glove and you're like oh, if only I could go and try to. Yeah. Is that something that you felt uh, uh, at all of the, this kind of distance with the movie itself and more being the conductor of everyone that is actually doing the the movie? Yeah, no one. I mean, listen, um, what people say, like, what, what is it to, like to direct? I, basically, the way we've broken it down, you know, between myself and, and um, people I've talked to about it, it really is my job. A director's job is talking something into existence <laughs> in a lot of ways. My only tool I have is to talk. I'm going to talk this into your brain so you can get into my head, which is an impossible task. Because I, mm. you know, you got like, uh, you know, spies uh, at the height of production. We had 550 people wow. working on it, right? So, and that's just including, that's just the MOOC movie. That's not all the, you know, ancillary peripheral things mm -hmm. happen yeah the same marketing and marketing and then the music and the this and the that and the post and that so you, you've got so many things going at once and and you're only you realize your skill set is your your tool is you talk it into existence right mm. uh, you, you can do sketches you can do this but yeah to your point you you have to trust in the collaborators and the creators and the talent you have around you to do to do your their job um the worst the worst case scenario would be I'm the best person on the crew at, at everything. We're mm. screwed. We're screwed. Right. Yeah. So, but that's my, I mean, I've worked with directors who have that opinion, right. Where everything has to be. And that's, that's one way of doing it. It's not my way. I, I, I want, I want other people to know more than I do. I want people to be better at this aspect than I am because I want, I want to tell them what I want and then I want them to take it. I want to make, I want to mm back in a way that's inspiring to me mm. and bigger and better than anything I could accomplish on my own. Um, otherwise, you know, you sort of should just go off and, and make a little, you know, side project because it really, it really is the, the tricky thing, but it's hard because as you're coming up and, and as you're going through department, department, whatever department you happen to be in, I mean, you're sitting in the back of the room and sweat box or design review or whatever it is going, Oh, I wouldn't have made that choice. <laughs> oh, it really, like, uh, it's so obvious what we should be doing here. Like, you you can't help it, right? Like, and and that's good. You should always have like everybody on a crew is a filmmaker or, or you know or they're a creative, right? So that's that idea. Until you get to the front of the room, and you're sitting there, right? And, and someone's like, "So, um, is it should it be red or should it be uh, blue?" And all of a sudden, you realize there's 70 people sitting behind you, and you're going, "Holy shit, I got it." Uh, Right now, now I got to, and it seems ridiculous, but it is a shift of, it's very easy to have those opinions when, you know, the safety net is someone else is going to make the call, right? Mm -hmm. oh, that was the wrong choice. It's, it's what we all do watching sports from our couches. Yeah. Armchair oh, quarterback. Why don't you just kick, you know, make the pass over there. So you can cross, like, 
every there's a 99% of people on the perfect day couldn't make that pass to begin with, let no. alone doing it under the. So, but it's one of those things we just carry forward. So, you realize quickly that, um, yeah, you you your job is to talk things into into reality and and to not and to not sweat those moments that you have to. Yeah, it's really hard when when the pressure's on and everyone's like, you got to make a choice. You know, do yeah. it. You're gonna go. Yeah, the, the amount of decision you have to make on a daily basis about everything. Oh, we need a door here. What's the design of the door? What's the color of the door? What side is this door going to open? What yeah. kind of handle we're going to put it? Is it going to lean with the right foot or the left foot when he's going in? If it's an animation, it's it's, it's yeah. pretty insane. Is, yeah. is, it, is it bright outside? Because then we, are we exposing for inside the room or outside the room when the door opens? You know, like, is the person, how are they pausing? There's a million different little things that... Um, I mean, at some point you have to almost like, okay, I have to, it doesn't really matter, but I have to look like confident that, yes, it's red for that reason. And you literally just made that up right there. Yeah. <laughs> and you're moving on to another yeah. direction. I think, I mean, again, like everyone has different philosophies on, on how how to do the job, right? It is such a different thing for different people. For me, it's it's having the confidence, trusting in, in um my gut, my t the taste that I've developed over the years, what I'm trying to say, knowing, again, coming back to knowing the big picture and what I'm trying to accomplish so that I can say confidently in those moments, um, but also knowing when to say, listen, I, I'm liking the door with the round window and the hinges on the left. I, nine times a time I can tell you why. I can't tell you why right now. This is what I'm liking. So, you know, how, how are you guys feeling about that? Is Am I missing? Like, it's also knowing when... Mm. You lean on everyone else around you because then they feel invested, right? Like oh, yeah. everyone in the everyone on the job will 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 give me a hundred percent because they get a paycheck. They're all professionals. They'll give a hundred percent, and they're creative and they're artists. What you want is for people to have ownership of what they're doing, to feel invested in what because that's when I know me as an artist. That's when I'm giving you 150, 200 percent, and that's when magic happens. That's when mm -hmm. when things come alive and you go, holy shit! Like this game I'm playing is out of this world, this movie I'm watching, this TV show is incredible because you can feel the investment mm -hmm. of, of every person on that crew saying, this is going to be great. It's not going to be anything less than great, not on my watch, right? I'm mm -hmm. going to do everything I can. So mm -hmm. I think um, I think a crew does appreciate confidence when you know what you want and what you know what you need and to be direct and be able to communicate that. And then in those other times, knowing um, and feeling like they can be trusted with with an, having an opinion, with having to, to support, to say, yeah, we got you. We we can help you with that. We, we'll let's figure that out. And so, Troy, if so, this position that you find yourself in now, where it's like you know, the back in the day, you'd be like you know, sniping from your you know your comfortable quarter, quarter you know armchair Snip, quarterback. Sniping is a ideas. hard word. Sniping yeah, is no, no. A, <laughs> harsh. It's a harsh. Having hey, opinions. Having look. opinions opinions sorry that's what that was the phrase we were using before okay so yeah. you had opinions before and now you find yourself in the hot seat where you're like oh my god that's what this feels like oh my yeah. god um so people in these, these kind of situations or maybe you specifically do, who do you lean on i mean other than the team like when you have a problem about like something that's really high level do you have mentors in your life do you have people that you like pick up the phone and be like i i just i gotta pick your brain about something who yeah, are your go-to's uh, yeah, I mean, I have uh, definitely have mentors like I mentioned Kevin Lima is, is one of them. Mm. He's, he's someone who I'll still turn to this day, or, right, or that's so cool. We'll catch up. Um, I'll make sure that, that I surround myself with people on on my team that I can do that. That mm. um, you know, like my like a head of story, my editor. 
you know, my writer, you know, uh, my, my co-director, like you, you look for partners, um, yeah. who, who can help shoulder that burden or can just, you know, you know, help, help you people who, you know, will give you the honest, the yeah. honest answer, um, yeah. regardless of, of the fact that you're signing their checks, which we're not signing their checks. I don't know why I said that, but <laughs> you, know I, you know what I mean? As I an example, that's yeah. what the producer does. So we technically yeah. know the producer, yeah. but, um, but yeah, you just, you're always looking for those people. Um, there's times when I'll just, I mean, I'll go for a run. I just, sometimes okay. you need to disconnect from yeah, yeah. Your own headspace and your own, sometimes it's just getting a different perspective on something and just, I hate running by the way, but I, I love it. But yeah. I think, I think, I think that's why I do it is because I'll start running. and like, I hate this so much. I hate this so much. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I, you get in that zone. You're like, Oh, but you know what? If he, mm. if he picked up the yellow bottle and walked it over there, then, then we could drop it there. So that in the next seat and all of a sudden your mind just starts making connections that, mm. that sometimes when you push on something too hard, mm. it, you'll just, you just block yourself further and further. It's like when you try and remember someone's name, right? You're, you're looking at someone, you're shaking their hand. You're like, Hey, Fellas, <laughs> like, I know this person. I've met them a hundred times. Why am I not remembering their name? And then two hours later, you're in the middle of dinner and you're like, George. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it just it comes because you, you, you've stopped putting that yeah, pressure connected. Totally. I will say that's the one great thing about this whole Zoom world we now live in is I'm sometimes the worst with names. I'm really great oh, at yeah. face visually, but I'm bad at names. But it's like, Everybody walks around with name with tags. Name tags, yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> so true. It's going to be awful when I get into a room full of people again in real life. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking like, for floating name tags that don't exist anymore. No, yeah. I'm looking for them, but they're just not there. It's funny. I'm the same way. I, 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 I will remember a face. I, I know that I know you, but like, God help me. I, I, my <laughs> names are not my strength. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, also pronouncing names on stream is also not one of my strengths. So I've, so I've learned over the last oh, several months. So sometimes it's just words. <laughs> or just words. Yeah, exactly. Or just the, the, the making proper sounds out of my mouth, you know, yeah. means something to somebody else. So, yeah. uh, um, Trice, okay. Uh, go ahead, David. Yeah. I have, before we go in the, uh, the chat, actually I'll, or yeah. Uh, do you want to, uh, go with that? But I definitely have one, one question I want to, uh, throw out, uh well, I, before that. I, I, there's only one missing link that I, in, in this, this, this very colorful backstory, uh, in, in that is you, you started in story back on the wild. What yep. like, so, but then you ended up at Sony and then you started, I guess, what, did you enter that job in the story department right away? Like at that point, there was no turning back your story and that, that track sent you to directorship. Is that what happened? That, well, it's funny. So, okay. So well, picking up from animator, animator, I want to make, I want to be yep. a feature animator to uh, getting this opportunity to work in the story, which uh, I suddenly realized as an animator, I was always questioning, like, okay, I know I want to do this shot, but I don't understand how the shot connected to mm. the And then I realized this because my head was always wanting to piece together story, which I just didn't yeah. realize was a yeah, yeah. It's yeah. stupid when you say that, because of course you know there's story and there's scripts. Yeah. And I was an animator, I had to work off storyboard. So you you do you know it, but you don't ever it's funny how it just never connected in my head. I'm like, oh my God, this this was what I wanted to do. Yeah, it's funny. Um, so uh, I'd um ironically had applied to Blue Sky as an animator um, after the wild, after the wild. And okay. um, I hadn't heard back from the wild and in between, in between um, the wild and what came next, which was enchanted um, Kevin, who I'd met on, on the wild came up came back to me and said, Hey, listen, I got this, this other project I'm starting up. It's called enchanted. Do you want to, you want to keep doing story? 
you know, I know, I know you're, 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 an, you're an animator, but um, I, I think this may be a good, a good opportunity. And I was like, hells yeah, I'll do that. And at that mm -hmm. point, this guy had just literally called him and said, Hey, do you want to come animate on ice age two? And I'm like, Oh, uh, <laughs> oh I, man, I'm just doing this new thing. So um, again, li life is, is always a bunch of choices, right? It's, it's what I said. It's, it's preparedness meets opportunity and you go, Pick a lane, go for it, and 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 just dive in the pool and don't look back. So I said, "Yeah, let's do this." Thing. And, and Enchanted was one of the best experiences of of my career to date. That's awesome. And um, you worked with uh, with uh, Baxter on that one as well, which is yeah, pretty cool. Working with, with James on that and on the animation, but I was I was in story for the entire production, the live action as okay. well as the animation. Okay. So that was just a, a really fantastic experience getting to do that, um, and then. The next couple of years, I just worked on developing different ideas uh, with Kevin, different feature ideas until eventually it came to the point. We were on Limpet, um, the incredible Mr. Limpet, one of the many iterations of the incredible Mr. Limpet that keeps trying to get made. Hmm. We were working on that. And then that unfortunately went away. And I was like, what am I going to do? And I, I remember talking to a good friend of mine, Andrea Maloro, and I said, I'm sitting up here in Toronto. This movie just went away. I don't know what to do. And I was like, uh, I was kind of thinking that that might be the movie that got me down to LA. She's like, what's stopping you? Buy a plane ticket. I was mm. like, wait, is that easy? And it was just <laughs> one of those things where I didn't realize. Someone just like, like what the hell is stopping you? Do it. So I I was like, oh, shit. Okay. So I bought a plane ticket. I mean, because you know you know so many people from all your freelancing in, in town. So I just called up a bunch of people. So I'm in town, met with a bunch of people, and um, it ended up being a, a, an incredible week. I Talked to DreamWorks and had an offer from them. I had an offer from Sony, um, a couple other little places, a couple other places, and, and um, I decided to to go to Sony. It had Sony at that time had that sort of can-do, small, scrappy studio, and, mm. and they still do. I mean, if you look at the projects they're kicking out, they're they're unique, they're different, they're totally. And it, it's it's it was there was an excitement in that uh, for me, so I ended up going to Sony, um, and I and I went there as a story artist, helping out in a couple things, um, a couple projects, uh, help on the first hotel Transylvania mm -hmm. and um, Arthur Christmas. And from Arthur Christmas, uh, the opportunity came up. They were making Smurfs on the live action side of Sony. And they had this, this, what was at that point, a DVD extra idea of wanting to do another Christmas special. Mm -hmm. I was like, hey, you, you're from Toronto. You guys do Christmas specials all the time. In Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, no, no. They just said, uh, the, the opportunity came up and I threw my hat in the ring and um, they ended up, Give me the, the opportunity to direct this this Christmas short, which was supposed to be about twelve minutes. It was supposed to be like a DV, little DVD extra, which was the the new CG Smurfs, and they wanted to do um, sort of a throwback to the old classic Payo Smurfs in the middle. Um, and my my again my I think my traditional experience helped sort of set me into that position. And so I ended up between the the producer and I, we ended up expanding it to about twenty minutes, so it could be. It could be a seasonal like Christmas special if they wanted to use that, and that was my first. That was my first directing gig, getting huh. to do a Smurfs. So I, you know, got to work with the writer and write that yeah. and direct that from from scratch, both in the CG side and the two D side. And then um, from there, that, that turned out really well. They were really happy with how it turned out. So I had the opportunity to develop um, two other projects: an original called Kazorn and the Unicorn, which is never made it the light of day, but is one of those things that you go, "Oh, it was, it was an original mm. pitch." I'm a really good uh, writer friend of mine, Lloyd Taylor, and um, it's one of those. It's one of those projects you go, oh, if only. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that one was Popeye, so I ended up developing those two. Oh, right. Projects there, 
Um, I ended up choosing to stick with Kazorn and then Gendy took over Popeye and you, you know, I'm sure you guys have seen that awesome uh, teaser they worked on for that. So, uh, and then um, from there, from there, I ended up taking a job at Fox, which I didn't realize meant moving to Connecticut because that's where Blue Sky was. Yeah. And, uh, and it really was, uh, it just, Sony was great, but it just became like, it, it was became a time where I felt like I needed to a different challenge. Mm-hmm. It was just really crazy uh, and stupid sounding project about a spy who turns into a pigeon. Because I'm crazy. Uh, Who would work on something like that? It was like that was the dumbest. They're like, it's, all right, good. This this pitch. It's a <laughs> there's a spy, an international super spy, and uh, he gets turned into a pigeon. I'm like that is the dumbest idea <laughs> I think I've ever heard. I'm in. Uh, <laughs> and, and for me, it really was like, like seriously, like you're gonna make you're gonna make like a genre film and animation like like that specific, like getting to make a big spy Bond movie. I was like, that's my love yeah. like i'm i'm so in and there was it was a it was a bit of it was they, they had a really raw first draft of the of the film um which ended up becoming spies in disguise but it, it was it was all over the place but it, at its core it had this great concept of of a character who who can't trust anybody who works in an industry where trusting anybody will get you killed mm. ends up having to learn his greatest strength is finding people who you could put your trust into. Mm-hmm. There's a different way of looking at the world. There's, there's a, strength means different things. It's not always might means right, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that building off that core became the movie that that uh, is there. And that's that's how I ended up moving out to Blue Sky, working on that. And then um, and then we wrapped up Spies and uh, we're starting in on another film. And then unfortunately, unfortunately, yeah, what happened? <laughs> Disney made a, a dot, hard dot, choice dot. to uh, to shut down Blue Sky, and yeah, you, you mentioned that uh, as a director, you kind of bank on your your own uh, skill. What would you consider were the your your skill that you your skills that you brought as a director, and what were not necessarily weakness, but you know, there's so many things. I mean, yeah. there's the editing, there's the lighting, there's the music, there's the, the writing, there's the performance, and all that. Uh, what did you consider what your strength and maybe what was not your strength? How did you compensate it uh, for those? That's a great question. Um, like I said, when I'm, when you're sniping from the back of the room, <laughs> you, uh, you go, yeah, yeah. Just God, if I, if I was making this movie, I do. And then you, you're getting in there like, and you realize, Oh, there's so many more people. You say, if I was, <laughs> this movie, but you're sitting there as an animator or as a lighter, or as you know, uh, later, like you're usually coming at it from the point of view of where you're sitting, and then you get there, you realize like, oh, it's all of it. It's all, mm. it's, it's all, and all those, and you go, and you, you know, it could freeze you in place pretty quickly because you realize I don't know how to do all of those things, and um, and and it gets and it gets it gets you get panicky quickly, right? Um, but I think what my strength always has been. Um, is is again the big picture seeing seeing those story connections understanding why characters are doing what they're doing through my experience in animation and and seeing how those bits of story math connect from the first scene to you know, the 15th scene to paying that off by the end of the movie and, and what those journeys uh i spent a lot of time sort of in my abbreviated sort of uh work experience like sort of story, not story doctoring, but the wild was my first experience of that is like, we have a story. Mm-hmm. 
it's 58% animated. We're not going back, but mm. it's not all hooking up. Well, how yeah. do we, how do we make sense? So you, you start to realize, okay, and it becomes a skill set of saying, okay, I can't change this. I can't change this. How do I make that make sense? And mm. it's amazing how adjusting certain things can change the tone or the way you feel about mm-hmm. pieces that were created very specifically to mean one thing, but you can, you can rearrange that and make it mean something else. So that was really good training. And so I think for me, a lot of that really does come down to having an understanding of, of, of that story math, the, the, stru- the structure of how to weave things together and how to follow the characters, when to trust in just performance versus, you know, we got to lock this down with, with real, with like, like make sure the audience is following what's happening here. Um, you know, being aware of, of sort of the, the camera, you know, staging compositional side of it, which is comes from doing a lot of story work because you're you're thinking through terms of, you know, what is this shot? It's like what I said to uh, earlier on when I was saying like, Kevin, like, hey, you chose the shot. Why? Right. Having an understanding for that. So all those pieces have sort of been tools in my tool belt at this point. Um, getting into when I got to like directing the CG. So, I mean, obviously a lot of the technical stuff. I mean, I'm listening to Brent. This was done for this reason, and it's obviously because it's a uh, you know he, all his, his technical lingo. Uh, you know, that became really you know I've learned as I've gone, but I mean that was intimidating to me because I hadn't spent a lot of time in the trenches on the CG side, right? So I didn't have a lot of that. I understood relatively, but I didn't have a lot of the the practical experience. So again, it's you realize, but you don't need to. You don't need to have mm. all those pieces you got so many talented people who are like i am here for you tell me what it is you're looking for and i will find you the best way to do that and and not just because it's my job is because i love to do and i'm excited to do that for you so it you start to realize that those places where you do feel maybe a little um lacking you've got you've got the support there because as long as you know what you're trying to the story you're trying to tell why you're trying to tell it that you can communicate that to people that's the most important thing because there's nothing more frustrating. At least it wasn't for me when you're going, I, I don't know. You want me to make this character walk across the kitchen? Why are they? Why do I? I don't like. I, I, I'm having a hard time doing it because I don't mm. understand what they're doing. If you know, if the person did, couldn't explain that to me, so for me, the most important thing is I need to be able to do that for anybody on the scene. If they're, you know, a lighter is a storyteller. You know, if I do a certain type of lighting, it's going to communicate this. Uh, my my camera guy is going to is a storyteller. I'm going to put the well. If that's what you, if that's why they're walking across the kitchen, then I know I need to. You know, these are some cameras that will will work to support that. Um, I think the place that I get the most excited and probably have the most terror was music. Mm. Getting because <laughs> yeah. it's. I love it's, it so much. It's, it can it's a com- mystery to me. It can completely change the mood uh, or your perception of a scene. It, it's crazy. It is so powerful. I mean, or the lack of it, right? And mm-hmm. and deciding when to. So getting in, you know, working with the composer and and um, I remember it was on the Smurfs working with Chris Leonard's. Um, he was our composer on that. Going, I was like, yeah, yeah, no, uh, uh, this is great. And then I'm like, dude, I, I'm sorry. I listen. I, I love music. I, I appreciate and respect the power bring. It's like, I got no idea how to <laughs> just be like, I, you know, I, I can't, I can't speak that language. Right. Like I, mm. I never played an instrument. I, but you know, like, and he's like, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, just the worst leave me thing alone. Happen right now. Because the worst thing that happens is when you have a filmmaker Who's got just enough understanding to be yeah dangerous, exactly but not enough to know yeah he's like here's what I need you to do he's like 
tell me faster, slower, sadder, happier, yeah. brighter. Use use descriptive word like and mm. and um he put me at he put me at ease and all of a sudden I was like, awesome. okay, I can do this. And, you know, like I I got a, I got a sense of the rhythm in it, but I know I don't know how you're gonna get it there, but I can tell you what it is I'm needing from him. And that was a really good learning lesson for every other department that oh, maybe yeah. I Mm. I think I that, that the amazing thing that happened there was that you needed to be brave enough to just put it out there and be like, I honestly don't know. And yeah. then if you didn't do that, that could, could have been a very awkward relationship, right? You're always trying to like save face, but you're just like, look, dude, you got experience. This yeah. is not an area of my expertise. Like I'm kind of looking to you, to be honest, to tell me whether it works or not. And yeah. I mean, that probably was the moment Like I can imagine that the, the relief he felt that he, has, he probably doesn't get that a lot. He probably gets a lot of directors who don't talk to him like that. And yeah. it was probably yeah. refreshing. And as you go through it and you get more experience, then you become, you know, the guy who's got just enough understanding to be dangerous. Right? That's yeah, kind of where perfect. I so it's kind of where I position myself now is it, you know, Good. no. Yeah. <laughs> you, you do. You learn things as you go and you go, yeah, okay, yeah. I, I, I got that. And just with more experience, like anything else, you get better at, at sort of strengthening those areas you're not as strong at and, and, and improving on the things you do love and are good at. I have a closely related question that sort of covers it's connected to what you just sort of talked about, but in your seeing that you've gone through like from an animator perspective now through the, on the, on a journey that took you through story, a story doctoring, and just like you needed to fill in the holes in your knowledge to understand how story works and how to see the forest, as you said, um, um, you know, beyond the trees. Um, what kind of advice would you give animators? Because at the end of the day, where the director needs to be thinking about the big picture, the animators are the ones that are thinking about those microscopic moments. So we all know, we've all heard the stories of the golden era of Disney and and like, uh, you know, how a lot of the gags and the funny moments in the movie came from animators because they were worried about the moment and how that moment could could really resonate obviously in that very, very localized moment, but it needs to connect with the big picture because otherwise it just wouldn't, wouldn't make any sense. So, so what kind of advice having, having gone through it? Um, because I often tell a lot of animators that are starting out in, and they want to get into cinematic kind of work. I'm like, stories, everything you need to understand. You're part of that. You yes. need to understand your character. The one you're animating needs to fit into, into the big picture here. How, yeah. like, so what kind of advice would you have? Like what, like how to get good at that, how to be better at, animating but by 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 embracing story and knowing your role on the on the film that's i mean i what you said is absolutely true i mean it is it is about understanding the character understanding the purpose of the character in in the story and understanding that sometimes that means as much as you want to have the character just going crazy mm -hmm. that power of this moment is doing as little as possible mm -hmm. and as much as you want to just you want to open up that engine put your, your foot to the floor and, and just peel out with all the skills that you've got. Right. Animators like to move things, right? Let's move everything. And, but you know, it's something mean, that tends to be a lot of like, like you said, like younger junior, like they like, mm. I, I want to show you what I got. Like I, I can, and, and you, it takes some time and experience to realize that, you know, movement is an improvement upon stillness, you know, just like, like, like talking music is an improvement upon silence. Right. So there's, it's really, what is the necessary thing and understanding where it is in the place of things. So, it's it's that that is a thing that comes with understanding with with time and experience, but it's also dependent on the production, right? Like yeah. for me, um, I I'd like to when possible. It's not always possible to be, to be able to give animators or an mm. animation team a sequence, right? Yeah. Here's yeah. your scene, so you understand. It's not just that here's your shot. It's like your shot, but you're seeing the whole scene, so you understand mm. along with people animating around you yeah. where your character is in that point of time. What's necessary, making sure they've got the reference for the scenes that come before it and the understanding. And if they can't get it, I try and do it in a pitch. I try and give them again. I 
talking things into existence. Here's here's where things are at, so that they have a grasp of that. And I'd say if, if animators aren't feeling that they truly understand that, it's mm. okay to ask. It's yeah. okay to go to your supervisor or whoever totally. you can and say, um, I just want to make sure I'm I'm hitting what needs to be hit here. Like, and I'm a little unclear as to where this actually fits in the bigger yeah. picture. Yeah, and it's it's tricky. It's it's one of those things. And listen. Being an animator, like exactly, your job is you're you're focused on the on the detail because that's where you bring to life what, and that's what you need to be focused on. Mm. Um, and some and some some directors who were animators get are good at being able to look beyond that. But I've also worked with some directors who are animators, like where your story notes are. Can you can you just make the eyes move? It's like yes, or give me another pose. Here. It's like why why is it? so you you can mm. still see that. That even though they're now directing, they're still caught in the hmm. the performance. Like knowing what they want to do, and, and to, yeah, to your yeah. point, David, like I wish I could just move that because I know what I would do with that animation-wise. But needing to not do that themselves, but be able to communicate why they're trying to yeah. get that. Um, so yeah, that why is like the currency of a director, I guess. Yeah, that's like a, a journey from directors coming from the animation department, and that's why a lot of times, like you'll hear like Pixar or Disney, you'll hear a lot of times directors will come out of the story department. Um, because you're you're training your mind in a different way, but it's I, I've I know some directors who are fantastic who are animators, but it tends to be a skill set that that they've trained themselves to look to look big picture and mm. uh, and understand what where what they're doing fits in the context of the story and good you know good and bad. Yeah, yeah good advice. I mean, like just ask why. I mean, like if, if, if you don't know, it's not, it's, you don't have to be shy about it. It's not like you're asking for how to, how do I animate this shot? You're asking for more perspective on what's going on inside the character's mind so that you can then make good decisions. Because if you don't yeah. have the answers to those questions, you're going to be just like three muscles throwing darts in the, in, in the dark at a dartboard, right? Well, like, then, then you're just moving stuff around. Yeah. Pieces. You're just moving stuff around. Totally. Like you, you don't know what's moving them. You're just yeah. moving, right? Exactly. Um, character has to walk across the kitchen find you have to find a reason it's 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 yep. yeah they're going there they're going somewhere for a reason and what you know and the, the the million dollar question is is what is it okay i'm gonna we we are like very dangerously running out of time so i'm going to um start throwing up some questions sure. there are some uh chad has got lazy today and they forgot to give me the cues before it but luckily they're right. um they've been so captivated by uh by this journey through through your your professional career there hasn't been a ton of uh of questions dropped so this should be pretty easy there's one here at the end here You've uh, they've fallen asleep at this point. Well, it's it's well, I I I don't think Petter sleeps, so we're pretty <laughs> sure he's a vampire or something. But um, when applying for a junior animator position, what would you what would you fellows expect from a demo reel? What on top of that would be an example of going above the bar for argue for sake of argument? Well, uh, assume it's for feature or slash TV production. So like, how do you stand out? I guess these days, like when you're looking at reels, I mean, you probably aren't doing a lot of this anymore. You're probably looking yeah. at story artists is, is probably who you're probably looking for. Uh, if you were a supervising animator, then yeah, you might be looking at animation reels, but yeah, as a, as a director and as a, when I was head of story, yeah, as, even as a director, I'll still be more involved in um, like a story artist selection because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. it is more of a department yeah. that's probably tied to yeah. that front end. Um, as far as like looking when we do look at animator positions or reels, it really, yeah, you, you trust in your animation directors to do that, but you're always, you're looking for, you know, believability of mechanics, you know, um, understanding of, of the basic principles. Um, and usually looking for, for me, I'm, I mean, I'm always looking for that one little magic moment where I go, 
I think that character just had a thought. I think that you know, <laughs> yeah. they weren't just Something jumping. Up, they weren't just jumping on a box, but yeah, there was a moment where the character took a second and chose to do something, which yeah. sounds really esoteric and weird. No, it's true. But it makes a lot of sense. When I was boarding a sequence when I would be, you know, doing something and, and boarding through, and all of a sudden the he walks over and he, he grabs something off the wall. And I'm like, that's a weird choice. <laughs> which sounds ridiculous because I'm the one doing it, right? Mm -hmm. Something in the moment, you, you the character is like, no, this is what the character is going to do. And so I'm, when I look at a reel, if I can see someone, even if it's simple, it doesn't have to be super complex, but just that moment where I go, I felt it's like a moment, living that, thing. Yeah. I character chose to do something. You just weren't yeah. showing me the mechanic, the skill set. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, I completely agree. And this regard, that, that that's the same thing for, I don't think there's such thing as a reel for a junior position or a mid or a senior position. Just a, a good reel is a good <laughs> show reel. I mean, the expectation of the quality level might vary uh, depending on, on the, the, the position. But yeah, the, seeing the thought process super important is it original is it memorable is there something in there that yeah am i going to laugh at something am i going to be touched at something am i am i entertained by what i'm seeing not just you know not just recognizing the the technical skills yeah. that went into that yeah look at those f curves wow <laughs> yeah it's true it's true i mean it depends on the job you're looking for too but like you said television and, and features so obviously the the thing you're thinking about mostly is characters in a narrative setting as opposed to maybe a bit more um you know action specific but i even say with games like this is actually one of the sort of layers that that differentiates an animator a gameplay animator um like i like, know like a an okay one from a really good one is that they find a way of communicating more even in a moment of like in a game like it's 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 the qu question is always ask yourself how can you and should you and what what would it be as opposed to just going through the motions and moving moving things around like you were saying troy like it's uh i think when animators get in the rut and they just start getting the habit of just moving things around and they're not asking them why am i moving this around mm -hmm. and having context to that that action itself it that's when it starts to fall apart no matter what yeah absolutely. totally agree hey brett i'm i'm pretty curious with the uh, pitar less yeah question. i was gonna drop that one up this one here yeah when's the last time you animated something in 2d do you ever do it in your free time because you know just for for funsies uh full disclosure <laughs> i don't ever do it in my free time uh, do you there, have free time there's, there's typically very little free time um yeah. but yes no uh, i i do not i have the must go clean i do not do it the last time i animated something in 2d was uh i did a small little prop on that Smurfs Christmas special. I can't remember which one it was, but it was one of those things where uh, the animator had their scene and I wanted this. I was like, they knocked some stuff on the table. I'm like, oh, I wish they just got that one a little bit. They were gone. They moved on. We were working with just freelance. So yeah. uh, I sat down at a desk and went, I can do this. I've done this a million times. I'm like, holy crap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. There you go. Yeah. All right. I got, it. I, got it. I got it to bounce off the table, but that was. Yeah. Uh, How about just drawing process. for fun? Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a napkin doodler. Uh, for mm. sure but it's um yeah it's 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 funny how i mean i, I will I'll, I'll always just scribble and doodle um but yeah to seriously today i've sat down and drawn has been it's been a little it's been a it's been a beat to mm. I, I have to get back into but it's like a muscle i like to yeah. warm up and, and 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 practice every once in a while do you feel sure. that you've replaced this with other art form art forms absolutely like you just again your brain space becomes <clears throat> 
about uh, you know to your question of like the things that maybe you were deficit about right like I, like I know how to draw I know how to get storyboard I can do that so I've kind of let that but I'm you know I'm learning a bit more about the technical side of things or you know how how to how that light is going to wrap around or lens usage or you know camera motion and so you start you start doing you know you know a little bit more focus on on the actual writing of it not just the execution and the visual yeah mm-hmm. I was so, going to ask like do you do you spend time just kind of writing down ideas for story ideas like is that find yourself yeah. doing that instead of sketching for instance yeah, uh, so yeah. I'll, I'll do that or you know we'll we'll pull up a script on a, on some on a film we're working on it's like mm-hmm. okay we've got the writer working on some stuff but we're in edit and we got to get this to work so we'll sit down um script supervisor my partner and i and we'll sit down we'll just like okay well what what feels natural what feels like we could do and we just do write out those little things so you just find that you start focusing some of your attention into these uh, these other areas and yeah I look forward to having some time to just i look forward to going i'm i'm bored today I, oh. <laughs> but that's oh, a weird boy. feeling a what? very foreign <laughs> feeling of boredom <laughs> it's, it's been it's been a while since i've had that but i agree I mean, that just all evolves over time it does it, it just your interests are going to evolve so it's not because you started as someone that is drawing for all his youth and beginning of career that you're 40 50 and you're still drawing though you might start yeah. to do music or photography or other exactly. stuff exactly and, and i do draw every day i mean when you're doing reviews you're i mean it's yeah. little over little thumbnails like it's it's not a fully fully flesh idea but you're you're always using i mean a, a drawing is a one of the greatest visual you know communication tools ever right because you can say okay move that to more to the left a, a bit more hierarchy widen it a bit or you could go like this hmm. there you go right like, that's what i was thinking so um they're they're a little bit rough but I, I draw daily in that sense i like this question it's very specific and it uh, strikes to the heart of something that i'm sure you're going to be able to connect with here i'm a huge fan of spies of disguise i really love how you guys designed the villain character killian and i saw some of blue sky studios uh studio cruise real i guess i think it's like and i saw some of his of his backstory that you didn't um that that didn't show up actually in the final movie what happened to that stuff like we were talking about earlier i mean you you died you it's a couple yeah you you start a movie going okay well you you need to know every single aspect of every single aspect of the movie and every single character and you and so you you plan those things out and you go through it and, and as the movie's going you start realizing um, there's certain things like running time, but there's also you start going. Do I do I need to know that to understand the story, or do I? What do I actually mm. need as the pertinent building blocks for what's moving it? And you start going. Well, the journey is is Lance and Walter, you know. And this is a really fascinating bit of of Killian backstory or some exploration we did so that we could understand who the character was. But mm. it doesn't actually change the the trajectory of where Lance and Walter are headed. As characters or within the sort of narrative construct so therefore it just becomes one of those things that you know it's like building a house of cards this is the, the best metaphor i can give you is building a house of cards right if you can pull the card out and the house doesn't fall then you don't need that card in your house of cards it's just it might be an amazing card it could be an ace but and I mean, it, it, it may be the best card in the deck but it, it doesn't matter because the house doesn't yeah. require it just becomes and eventually what will end up happening is all those extra cards will just weight the structure down to will it'll collapse under the just the weight of the structure as opposed to being stronger sometimes more isn't better in that sense um yeah. so yeah so, so some of those things fall even if you love them and some of those things are just done so you understand who the character mm. is you can get a better idea of of where you how that character will react in a situation because you know what formed them so you know what they'll do 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I really like the um, uh, Big Hero Six. The um, the stuff that I think it ended up in. I don't remember where I saw it. It was it in was it in the extras or something like that? But those little tests that they did, where it was like they all all the characters had to enter the room and sit at the table. And yeah. each like in each one of them were like I love character studies like this. That's yeah. the kind of stuff. It's not unlike the concept department, just like literally intentionally going off in different directions to try to understand what this character should be for the film. It's sometimes you just need to go through the exercise just to better understand, and then you use that and you double down, and you end up it is in the film in some way. You yeah. just don't see it, right? Exactly. All the the, the work is in the film. Yes. Um, you, yeah. You'll do the, come and sit down. There's some studios I know that'll do like okay, each character has to walk up to the counter at McDonald's and order something you're looking for specificity and uniqueness amongst them yeah i mean with lance you know you know we had a we had a run and we were doing walk cycles and we we're like yeah it kind of walks in it was one of these things where he walks in he sits in a chair and we're like okay it's not quite right and then someone put uptown funk on and decided <laughs> animate him come in he sits down amazing picks out his leg he spins around it but it was all done to this beat and you took the music away but there was a musicality and there was a, a personality mm. to how he was moving. You realize that's Lance, right? Lance, Lance moves with a musicality. The song's he's got always own, in his head. He's always got a soundtrack going, right? And yeah. you go, that makes him unique. And that is now, and that is a thing you learn. You don't need to put that in the movie, but you know, and it's in the movie because now every time he moves or does something, you, you have an understanding of what's driving him. Mm-hmm. Um, it is 630. Um, I usually ask this of guests and don't feel bad. You can totally say no. Um, but can you take two more questions? Absolutely. I'm, I'm here. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Well, let's do it. You, get, you have to like, sometimes you might just have to like leave the call because I just won't let you go. So just <laughs> FYI, just be prepared. A two call. I think I, I think we can manage two. I think I can shut up after that. Okay. So there's another question here, which is something I was wondering as well. You've kind of touched on this a little bit, but it's pretty specific. Um, what was the process slash separation of responsibilities that came along with having a co-director on con spies? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, yeah, a it's, it's a, it's a different answer for, for different situations. I, I can tell you, so I'll tell you my experience, but um, i had had a co-director at when I was at Sony on a project I was working on that loved him to death. Um, got along, but we just didn't necessarily jive as far as, a partnership it's an arranged marriage i mean a lot of these things yeah tend to be arranged marriages by the studios which is a sure. really weird thing where yep. it's like uh, you and you you're <laughs> do this yeah. and, um, exactly. you go like that's a, such a weird thing that yeah. happens in animation that that doesn't happen in live action which is weird like you have to petition oh yeah dga in live action to say i'm going to do it with this person you have to prove why um yeah. in animation is just they you random people so Luckily on this project, um, Nick Bruno was, my, you know, we co-directed this together. We, again, I, I mentioned Andrea Malaro um, earlier in the conversation. She was at Fox and she knew Nick and she, we'd known each other for years. And she was like, I, you guys, I know you guys will, will this is a good, it was, it was a matchmaking with someone who actually knew the, mm. the people involved. Yeah. And, um, and, it, and it was, Nick and I, uh, it's, it's been a fantastic partnership. Uh, we don't really separate out responsibilities. I, I know some directing teams who it's like, all right, you're the animator guy, so you're going to do all the animation, and you're the uh, the layout guy, so you'll do the layout, and then we'll kind of split, you know, this and that. And Nick and I tend to try and travel uh, as a pair mm. as much as possible, and it's one of those weird things where our tastes our tastes align like ninety percent of the time. I think we both bring um, different skill sets to bear for sure, but 
when one of us has to step out of the meeting, the other one has to take over and you read the notes later, you're like, like I said, 95% of the time, you're like, yep, 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 yep. Oh, I would just add this and, and you're good to go. And so it's been a very unique um, situation that way. Like I think through this journey, like we talked about your, you know, the experience you have and the things you're maybe deficit on. Nick is just, he's a natural storyteller, but he hasn't been in a story department, right? So mm. he's learned a lot on the front end side of things, but brings his natural storytelling and his, his humor mm. and everything to bear on that. And that's, you know, what, what he's learned in, and, you know, in animation, I'm, you know, I, I'm an animator, but on the CG side of things, just taking in some of the technical stuff, how, how certain things work, certain languages. So, you know, he'll, he'll take the lead and I'll take the lead, but it's never someone taking over someone else at any point it's interchangeable. And um, this is what works best for us as a partnership. And it's been, it's been really great. I've always been fascinated by this. Like some some directors, you see co-directorships, and it's like you know, like you know, uh, I guess the Wachowski sisters. Like they they yeah. those those people have been working together for a while. Cohen Cohen brothers, I guess as well. Brothers, right? Russo brothers. Uh, you know, Chris Chris and Phil, who aren't related, at least that I know of. But uh, yeah, like there's 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 a couple of people. Like yeah, you, you it really is. Listen, it is a tricky thing. It's it's like I said yeah. it, when I when I said it's a it's an arranged marriage. It it's like marriage it's it is a uh, is a relationship and it's yeah. early on nick and i both said like honesty e even when it stings <laughs> yeah, even, yeah. even when it stings is going to be how this works um on spies which was not an easy production for reasons that have nothing to do with the movie i mean we start on spies there was a, a shift in in leadership at the studio twice yep then there was the rumor Disney was going to buy Fox and oh, Disney man. started to buy Fox. So over the four and a half years of spot, it was, there was a lot of things that had nothing to do with the movie that were very stressful. And I think yeah. I had one fight in the entire time um, where something was said and I got heated and he got heated. And it's like, we're going to go on the, and then we got out there and it's like, I'm not even mad at you. I'm not mad at you either. Like, well, why are we yelling? And it's like, no, no. Um, but it was just one of those moments where, you know, and, uh, the fact that we can be honest enough with each other yeah. and we will be honest with each other. And I, and I think that is the key to, to, to what it is, but yeah, yeah. it's um, we don't really separate responsibilities. We separate out time. So if it's, if we're, when we get tight on time and it's like, okay, we got to be an editorial, but we got to do an animation review. Sometimes I'll run into editorial. He'll go to animation. I'll catch up when I can, or he'll come into edit after that, or I'll go and handle layout. And he's, you know, wrapping up something, you know, with, with Sim, you know, it, we'll, we'll split off, but we try and, mm. we try and tandem it as much as possible, but we, it just allows you on the time frame you could literally split yourself in two in those moments when you need to, when your schedule. Did you guys require like a sync, like a, like a definitely like a point every day where you synced or was it like, it was it get to the point where you just were finishing each other's sentences because you kind of were reading each other's minds pretty much at the end. Yeah. I mean, it, it we, I mean, we, like I said, we traveled through most meetings together. So yeah, we always yeah. kind of think, but it, it is one of those weird, spooky um, <laughs> scenarios where pretty close from the beginning, we were, uh, it was like, like if someone was going to say uh, yellow or green, we both go green. Uh, like, oh, you know, like it, it was, it was <laughs> things where our, our tastes yeah. just naturally yeah, that's awesome. aligned, which um, again, I don't want to say it's just random because I'll give Andrea a lot of. Yeah, sure. She, it was a match. People. It wasn't an arranged marriage. It was sort of like more like a I'm friend who knew both yeah. of you and trying to like get you together. It's like a, you yeah. know, a double date almost. Exactly. So, so I think we've managed to, to bypass a lot of that awkwardness that I've heard in other, in other relationships. I mm -hmm. have one last question and it's actually my question. 
Yeah. Unless David, I kind of I, I kind of hogged the airwaves there at the end. Do you have something you wanted to ask? Dude, it's your show, man. You, you oh, can right. uh, you, you you go and close it. <laughs> okay, so this so I, the million dollar question, of course, and the yeah. big nerdy fanboy in me obviously wants to know what was it like working with Will Smith. Oh my like, god! You had an amazing was, cast. Like I would have been like I would have had a hard time just focusing because I'm surrounded by these icons, and it was yeah. just you must have had a friggin' ball. What was that like? No, he's horrible. I know, he's I horrible. know. I've heard, I've heard. It's uh, he's yeah, it was really really bad. No. Uh, it was it was great. Like I don't typically get starstruck. I mean, you 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 work with people, and, and everyone is 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 there to do a job, and everyone's a professional. Sure. Um, but it was like Will Smith. I mean, exactly. he was, he was a hero growing up. And you, but totally. still, it was it was like we, you know we like hey you know it would be great if Will Smith did this and this <laughs> it'll never happen. It's like yeah, Will decided he didn't want to take the meeting. You're like say what? Right? Yeah. All right, amazing. no problem. I'm not sweating this out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say yes anyway. Meanwhile, so. Nick is like, because <laughs> 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 he's such a huge type of friend. I'm like, dude, it's amazing. gonna be fine. Like, you gotta just, you gotta chill out with this stuff. Like, I'm trying to act all cool. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we're at the studio <laughs> and we're all set up, waiting, and uh, we're standing there, and all you hear out in the in the in the hallways, like, hi, that, that voice, and you're just like, yeah. Also, yeah, my, like... I need to sit down. And now Nick. <laughs> being cool like amazing. Girl, right? it, it is uh it, it was tough it, it's because he's he's will smith I yeah mean, he's fresh prince of bel-air man come on he's 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 big news and um yeah. but it's really the thing that is amazing about him is he knows he's will smith he, yeah and that's a weird to say but he knows he knows when he walks in the room yeah the chem chemical composition yeah. room literally changes yeah and the first thing he does is he comes he looks you in the eye he's like shakes your hand he's like Nice to meet you. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah, like, you're thanking me for taking. Like, yeah, yeah. He does. He does that, and he would do that for every record. Like, it yeah, would, yeah. For Just, the director, the room, right? Like, kind of like recording it for the person who, who the PA who brought in tea. It was yeah. everyone got the same sort of direct and and he was really um, generous with his time. Yeah. Really generous with with who, his experience, and he was he was generous to make sure everyone felt like they were they were calm and having fun. But he he is an amazing. Uh, He's amazingly funny. So much he's energy this guy smart. has. He's an amazingly smart storyteller. Yeah. He's um, very aware of, of who Will Smith is and what Will Smith brings to a situation. Yeah. yeah. Um, we were recording. We had this one scene. We were recording with him. We were, I think we were in Miami. We were recording, and it was like, all right, this is this is good. It's like it was the scene where Walter, uh, where Lance comes down and meets Walter for the first time after okay. – the glitter goes off for anybody who, who knows the moment, and it was like this is this is working. This is good. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like, like he can read any line, and you go, ha ha, that's entertaining, weirdly charismatic. Um, <laughs> then we had we broke, we broke for lunch, and and he just happened to have this on tape. He just starts going, no, something's not feeling right, and he just he just started spitballing, and he just yeah. got into character will and walking around the table and making lines up, yeah, you know, and and pitched this, just worked out this idea, and we're like. Right, that was great. We went back and we retooled the whole scene. So he was a really great collaborator and a lot yeah. of fun to work with. And like I said, he just brings an energy and a, a charisma and a charm and a just a just a real um, gentleman of, of every awesome. sort. It was, it was great. It was it was one of those times they say don't meet your heroes, but that uh, yeah they say does not apply to Will Smith, which is which is that's, awesome. That's In fact, so our awesome. entire cast we had an incredible cast. You did have it a crazy? It's, it was ridiculous. Everyone kept saying yes, which was like <laughs> a is is rare, uh, but well, it was, it was it, they were all so talented and so really just great about giving their time and it's like energy. 
maybe they all got sucked into like the same reason you did. It's like, what a, what a stupid, crazy idea. I'm in. Like, like they all yeah, felt like, like they, they had no choice. Turns into like, a pigeon, this will never happen. When, all right, yeah. I see how this <laughs> When's goes. the last chance they're going to get casted on a movie like this? I mean, I have to go. I mean, what the hell? That's so, so cool. It, it was great. It was, everyone was, was, um, like, I mean, Tom, same way, Tom Holland, he's just, uh, so talented. Like he's just amazing. Super talented, super generous with his time. Like the, and they had to be because I mean it's a buddy comedy, which is all about banter, mm. right? A natural sort of rhythm between two people. But I mean, at, when we were recording them, they're the two biggest movie stars. On I mean, Spider Man and Will Smith. Like, good luck trying. To, we couldn't even yeah. get them in the same continent, let alone mm. the same the same recording booth. So uh, we we ended up doing a lot of multiple sessions with them because we would have the pages. We'd do it with mm. Will. And Will would just go off page, and you're like, "Oh my god, that's so funny, right?" So you you rechange the page, and you go oh, on right. You play that, and then Tom, and then Tom would go and take it somewhere else. You're like, "Oh, great!" Oh. Oh, <laughs> then you go back, and you go back to Will, and you're like, "Okay, we got this." But then Tom did this, and he did, and it, yeah. it was. But they were both so generous with with that. But I think, at least, I'm biased, but I feel like there's a, you feel a real banter and rapport. Yeah. With two characters, and the shocking thing was uh, they didn't meet until the night of the premiere. It was the that's first interesting. I hadn't even met before. That was the first time they met, but. I think in the movie you feel uh, a you know camaraderie. I I think that just comes down to every everyone there on the the team were willing to put in the extra work because that's yeah. that's complicated, right? Like it's not every day that you'd be like, oh wow, yeah, let, go ahead, go off book. But then knowing that that would require a lot of change and re-recording and you know time and money to go do that. Yeah. But um, you know if it was if if it wasn't the cards to get them in the same room, but they obviously wanted to play off of one another. That was the only way to do it. And I mean, yeah. uh, obviously paid off in the film because it feels like there is a relationship. There's a rapport between these two characters which would be yeah. it was it's integral to the movie without that it would never have worked and that's where you get some of those, those i mean animation is the least spontaneous thing you could possibly <laughs> do with your time ever right like i yeah. mean some of my favorite things some of our favorite moments in movies are just these little happy accidents right like mm -hmm. we we rarely get a happy accident animation you have to plan mm -hmm. everything so the one place you can get that is when you work with the talent and recording the talent because yep. they'll They'll do totally. something surprising. Yep. And that's where to the point of like knowing the big pictures, like I know where we need to get to. So fine. You want to take, you want to take this detour versus this, let's see where this goes. And, yep. and sometimes you just get some amazing little nuggets that, that didn't exist. So. David and I, like we, we were blessed with being able to work with actors in games because the cinematics were often doing performance yeah. capture. And I learned a lot about um, just that, 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 that kind of brainstorming process i'd learned a lot from actors because of that yeah. the way they i think animators really need to take the time to take a page out of an actor's book to, to realize that kind of level of owning the character understanding the character it's so much so that you can literally do what will was doing which he yeah. just literally goes into character and just becomes that character and then you even have the writers going oh my god that's genius and then they're writing it down because yeah. there's a difference between trying to think big picture and then still be good at the specifics where yeah. an actor was living in the now they're in the moment and animators need to learn how to do that which is hard because like you said interestingly they're not in the moment because they're freaking frame by framing things they're yeah. they're living in slow motion so how yeah. can you somehow it's even true those things because the the actor the actor's job the actor has to live in the truth of the character right yeah they have to be the truth of that character 100%. But when they've got that they're that character an animator yeah. is the truth of that character in this one moment of time yeah exactly. because somebody else would be the truth of the exact same character in a different moment of time so totally it's 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 like a team of people yeah. being that person which yeah. is yeah. which is it is, it is an amazing thing when you break down the I, skill set it's almost uh, a miracle. I don't know but, how uh, it gets done, but it does. It, it, it really does. So yeah, it's um, but it is amazing to watch and to work with different, like 
like Ben Mendelsohn, um, he's he's so brilliant. Uh, you know, he's he, you know, Bloodline, Star Wars, you know, all these movies. He's just he he he's the nicest, funniest, most laid back person. And then he's playing Killian. So we'd go in the booth, and he's like, "Okay, okay." And he's like, "Turn the lights down." And he's like, oh, I don't, <laughs> "That's awesome." I don't want to turn the lights down. And then all of a sudden, he's just this guy, and I'm like, uh, "Can I, can I leave? Can I leave the room, please?" Like you just, but he just, you just feel I'm like, "Okay, I'm putting the armor on," and then he just, yeah. And then all of a sudden, he's just this really great guy. guy. But he, yeah, but he would always he'd turn the lights down. Like so, each everybody had their own. Oh yeah, of, for sure. To get to that place of truth, yep. and find, and, and you could just tell when the go over line, go over line, like, and you could go, they, "This, they're not feeling it. They're not. This doesn't feel true," and. uh it was, it's a, it's, it's so, so much fun working with the actors in that sense. I can only imagine Troy. It has been 100% an amazing, um, selfishly nice to catch up with you. Obviously. Yeah, it was really cool. Kind of picking your brain on, on sort of understanding that journey you were on and still continue to be on. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited to see what ends up coming out next. Cause I know you're working on, on some, you got some things going, you got some coals in the fire right now. Yeah, there's a something happening. I think yeah. there'll be people who'll be pleased when, uh, that's when good. we announce what that is. So. That's going to be exciting. That's good. Yeah. So okay. we will all be on the edge of our seats waiting to hear all about that. Yeah. So cool. Awesome. Great. So good luck awesome. with that, whatever you got going on. And uh, Thank thanks you. for taking the time. David, great to meet you. Brent, great to catch up. Thanks. Yeah. yeah thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. It's yeah. cool. I, I, it's, uh, go ahead, Dave. As we often say, we will have to do that again. Yeah. So, yeah. When, whenever there's some something yeah, interesting absolutely. that is coming out of this creative mind, we'll take the opportunity yeah. to bring you back. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I love, I love it. Anytime. It'd be it'd be super cool, especially after um after whatever whatever it is that you got cooking right now ends up uh, sort of uh, springing out and being announced. It'd be cool to yes. to, to have another one of these rounds. Yeah. Hey, cool. Once, once it yeah. takes shape, it's it's very close. That's good. I don't want to jinx it. I'm, I'm no. pretend I said nothing. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, Troy, thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your um your I'm sure busy day. Um, Troy, David, right. thank you for always being here during these crazy journeys down uh, down memory road, and um, we'll see you on the next one, guys. Cheers. Thanks, everybody. Cheers, Bye, guys. Uh, well, so there's another hour and a half that just sort of disappeared like that. Um, I, it, it's it's so it's just crazy like it's just so it's so crazy to to like to to see the trajectory that that troy has been on and it's all been about mostly like what i got out of that conversation was just put yourself out there and like be willing to give it a shot you know what's the worst thing that's gonna happen you're gonna not you're not you're gonna fail at it and then okay but what if you fail at it but you you really like it and, and you would not you would never known that unless you actually tried it and then then you're going to maybe pick yourself up and you're going to you learn more about it and you can try it again and next thing you know you're doing that thing that you love that you didn't know you loved and i mean like unless you you know i just it's so funny how casually he says it it's it's uh, there's some very sage wisdom in this attitude of just you know pick 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 something and try it and just go what's the worst that's going to happen and it just seems to be that uh um you know fate shine shone on him on a lot of those sort of forks in his road and um he is where he is and he's you know he's sounds like he's having a lot of fun so um so i guess if there's anything that we could all take out of all this conversation it's that is just put yourself out there and just you know you could talk about it you can dream about it or you could just do it and, and when life gives you an opportunity to to take a stab at something that sounds interesting to you, something that actually is exciting to you, then you do it. And then you figure it out 
as you do it, if you have to, don't overthink it. Don't overprepare. I mean, that's something that David always says too. Like over, I think was it pre preparation is overrated. <laughs> I think is one of his, his favorite things. And I mean, I think this whole community is, I think evidence of that. If we were to think it through and try to wait till all of the things were lined up and the way we wanted it, then it, we would still be talking about it and not doing it. So I think, um, you know, it's uh, words to live by take a shot because you know you never know you might not get get another chance so take it when you when you see it thank you for being here uh chat it's always nice to have you um i know that um you know it's uh, this was a little bit later in the day so maybe we actually got a chance to see some people in here that uh, we don't always get to see um often they're kind of in the middle of the day and in the middle of the day here is not it's usually in the middle of the night on the other side of the world so um, I'd like to see us maybe, you know, shift the schedule around a little bit more every once in a while. So some of you can show up to these things live without having to wake up in the crack of dawn or literally in the middle of the night. So, um, look forward to trying maybe seeing some, some schedule, uh, changes from time to time. Um, obviously it's, it still needs to work within David and I's hours if possible, but, um, I, I am, I am conscious of this and I'd like to try to, you know, mix it up a little bit and have people, um, have more of a chance to, 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 to show up and ask questions. Cause that's really what this is all about. These live streams are to make it feel like you can actually, you know, connect with these, these people that, um, that are, um, there's so many amazing people out there in this industry that are just like you, you know, they started just like you, they had ambitions, they had dreams, they had ideas, and they just, they've been doing it a little bit longer than you, you know? So we think we can learn a lot from these people. And, and I just like to thank Troy again for being here and Troy, I see you in the background there still say hi to the family. I forgot to say that definitely. Absolutely. Say hi to the family. So until next time, everyone, um, I will, uh, see you on the next, uh, journey. And, uh, that next journey, I believe is I had it up and then I moved my, I'm such a goof. There it is. Um, I know we have a, um, we have a Q and a session next, next Tuesday, obviously. And we have Lance Lafort, uh, who's, um, actually a, a recruiting friend of mine from the Toronto area. And he's going to be in, and that'll be an interesting conversation. It'll mix things up a little bit. We like bringing people in that are able to give perspective on a completely different side of the equation that a lot of the artists don't get to see. So he's going to be able to ask, answer questions on the hiring practices of different companies, things like tax credits and how they affect hiring in different, uh, different parts of the world. These are all things that I think people should probably know more about. And uh, so uh, if you have questions that, that are specific to recruiting or the sort of the management of a studio, um, even HR practices, then um, make sure that you write them down and send them to Scott because he can uh, put them on a list and I can make sure that uh, Lance get asked these questions when he's in. Um, there is another thing that I'm going to just, I'm, I don't, don't shoot me if this doesn't happen, but I am also trying to plan something with Ilse. Ilse Zemaripa is going to be hopefully um, spending some time on air with me on Saturday. Uh, we talked about it casually um, via email, but I don't have her confirmation yet. For all I know, she's already confirmed. So I'm hoping that happens. If it doesn't happen, um, <laughs> David's having a heart attack because I actually said her name right for the first time without sounding like an idiot. Yes, David, thank you. Um, but, um, yes, so hopefully it's going to happen Saturday. If it doesn't happen this Saturday, it's going to happen sometime very soon. Um, for sure. I think Saturdays are the sweet spot for her, uh, because she's got a lot of things going on right now. So, uh, stay pay. You've been told that's hopefully going to happen to pay attention to the airwaves or in social, because we will be making the official announcement as soon as I get confirmation from her. Okay. So that's it. Stay animated. Um, see you around and have a really, really, really amazing day. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you got a lot out of it. 
Agora Community is a free resource for artists in the animation, visual effects and gaming industries, providing daily educational material, free rigs and assets. We also have a range of experts you can purchase affordable animation reviews from to help you level up your skills. You can check it all out at agora.community. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn for updates on upcoming conversations and free animation quick tips. So, until next time, stay tuned and stay animated.